I'm Steve Morgan, founder of Cybersecurity Ventures and editor-in-chief at Cybercrime Magazine. Joining us today is Joanna Heisman, SVP Strategic Insights and Research at Nobefore, the world's first and largest new school security awareness training and simulated phishing platform that helps you manage the ongoing problem of social engineering. To learn more about our sponsor, Nobefore, visit nobefore.com. Joanna, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. It's certainly my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Joanna, you're one of the authors of the Security Culture Report 2022, published by Nobefore. I read it cover to cover. It's a fantastic report. Definitely something I'd recommend to every CISO and security leader. We have a lot of them who follow us. So to start off, give us a 30,000-foot view of the report. Sure. The annual Security Culture Report, it's authored by our culture research team. So the report allows us to analyze the security culture of thousands of global organizations. It's the largest and most comprehensive report of its kind published on this specific topic. The report offers readers insight into the state of security measures, the impact of those measures, but all through this human factor lens, which is unique. It's that behavioral lens. Um, back in 2019, no before acquired a company called Culture. C-L-T-R in capital letters, small e. It's a Norwegian-based company, research firm specifically, that focused solely on this space. So now by pulling that company into Nobefore's research team, um, our group is considered the leading security culture research organization in the world. So I believe that group was uh, headed up, or culture was headed up by Koi, is that right? Correct. Okay, great. Yeah, he was on with us and he was fantastic. In fact, uh, when Nobefore put the first report out, you know, it was interesting. You know, we saw it for the first time and he had some interesting insights. So let's dive into the report. Um, Maybe start off and tell us, how do you define security culture? So we define security culture as the ideas, customs, and social behaviors that influence an organization's security. So you have to look at it as security culture is a combination of thought processes and knowledge. The habits that employees have, the behaviors that are demonstrated, all of this happens in the workplace. And then when we're looking at kind of culture in kind of the distinctive pieces, we evaluate culture across seven different dimensions, right? So first it's attitude. It's how the employee is feeling and what their beliefs are towards kind of this mission about being more culturally secure. Then it's the behaviors, right? So an employee's actions that directly impact that organization's security. Um, The third is the cognition, right? So it's their understanding of security. Um, Then it's communication. Those are the different channels to discuss security around the organization, right? A lot of companies, and this goes back to like my Gartner days, really have kind of one-dimensional communication plans when it comes to security in general. And so this is leveraging, you know, lots of different mediums and avenues across an organization to keep that message going and alive. Uh, The next one is compliance, right? So that's the written policies, right? And so that's, you know, the, the things that those employees need to sign off on. Then the sixth is norms. Um, and it's, you know, how do they adhere to those written policies? And then the last one is, you know, responsibilities, right? So it's what is my role and responsibility, not only to make sure that the organization is more secure, but that I'm more secure, right? Because everything here 
is 100% transitioned to um, and transferable to somebody's, you know, personal life, right? And so, you know, you have that uniqueness of being able to kind of lift whatever you do here and apply that to your friends, family, and loved ones, right? The things that matter the most. And so how do I raise my readiness level as an employee to make sure that I'm not only responsible in the workplace, but also in my home life? So the Know Before Research team developed the Security Culture Index, or SCI. Explain the index to us, because I find it fascinating. Oh, thank you. So the index, um, it's global, um, and it rates organizations based on their security culture score. Um, the index was created by a team of researchers at Know Before Research, um, and we calculate it by analyzing the security culture across thousands of organizations around the world. Um, and so that's kind of how we come up with it. So the report breaks down security culture by regions globally. So this is not just the U.S. where you know before is headquartered. They're global, uh, track many, many companies. Wh which countries lead, which countries lag? And, you know, is there any, you know, reasons for that? I want to first start out by saying it's, it's important to know that human factors have a large impact on security culture, no matter where you are in geography. Um, and then when we look at these particular regions, we're looking at organizations based on their size, right? So that's how we group them. So small is one to 249, medium is 250 to 999, and then large is 1,000 plus. When you look at North America in general, North America had the strongest score at a 74, while South America and Australia had the weakest at a 72. So when you look at these numbers, they're a little misleading at first because, you know, when you start digging into the data, you're going to see a different picture within each region, depends on the countries that are in that region. And so some of the lower performing countries, you're going to see a, a Portugal and a Latvia in Europe, a Malaysia in Asia. But, but keep in mind, we can only analyze where we have enough data to be statistically valid. And so there are areas across these different regions that, you know, may fall above or below that we don't have enough data to report on, right? And so there's, you know, there's potentially, you know, definitely countries missing throughout some of these regions. So we want to make sure that, that our audience understands that this is where we have statistically valid data. So the highest performing countries um, are in Europe. We got Bulgaria at a 79, Ireland at 78, uh, Sweden and Italy tied at a 77. So what you're going to notice in, you know, in Europe is we have a huge swing, right? We've got both the strongest and the weakest performing regions, um, performing countries within those regions. Um, and you might ask, you know, why is this the case, right? And you know, you have to look across the region and you have to look across what's going on. Um, there's a lot of contributing factors. It could be, um, you know, financial, um, you know, in Europe, um, an event like, you know, Brexit, um, power, trade, military activity, um, you know, even something like climate change, right? All of these things are indicators that could go into kind of these swings. When you look at North America, and this is also, you know, the deceiving that I, I shared with you before, like North America is the strongest performing region. We're at 74%. However, in the United States, we're considered underperforming because we have a 75 overall result, 
And what's interesting about that is that when you look at the different states, you know, the states are kind of all over the place, right? So you'll have, um, you know, Iowa and Arizona, um, you know, that are at like a 72. And then you'll have other states like Oregon and Vermont that are up, you know, right below 80. Right. And so what we're finding here in these areas is that small organizations are definitely outperforming the large ones. Um, and in North America, really kind of Canada is carrying that number, that, um, you know, large regional number that that we have posted. It's interesting listening to you. It makes me wonder uh, some of the laggards, uh, say, for instance, Australia, you mentioned, is there any correlation between that and the number of uh, data breaches and cyber attacks uh, companies in that country have suffered? Yeah, I mean, I think that that is definitely a contributing factor. Um, but also when you look at this, I mean, you know, if your organization has a lower score in security culture, that means that, remember those seven dimensions that we mentioned, right? We're not adhering to those, which means that people aren't behaving in a more secure manner. People don't have the knowledge. People are not complying. People don't believe that it's their responsibility, right? And so it makes sense that, you know, companies that have this lower security culture score are going to potentially be more vulnerable and frankly, more of a target. So let's pivot to verticals. Uh, the report breaks down security culture by industry. So, you know, talk to us, you know, banking and finance and healthcare and so forth. Uh, who are the leaders? Who are the laggards? Yeah. So we're going to see some of the strongest results from some of the more regulated industries. Um, and frankly, they've been at this for a while, right? So they've been under attack, um, ruthless attack for, for a long time, right? So you'll see tech, insurance, banking, financial services. And a lot of these industries, what they've done is, you know, they're, they're kind of a, ahead of the game when it comes to uh, training and developing and testing and communicating, right? So those are where we're seeing some of the strongest indicators in industry. When we look at um, kind of the good kind of threshold, right? You know, I know that there's not any industries currently that are in this kind of good area. Um, and, you know, purposely, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, but I just, I wanted to throw that out there. But when we look at the companies that are kind of performing or industries that are performing on the lower end, you know, you're going to see education, you're going to see hospitality. Um, you know, you'll also see not-for-profit, Right. And so when we look at education, let's just take that as an example, primarily K through 12, they relied on technology heavily during the pandemic. Right. If you remember, a lot of these schools went online, even colleges. Right. I have a, a kid in high school who was at home learning um, online Zoom, you know, every day for, you know, a year and a half or so. I had a kid at college who was in his dorm room who was doing the same thing. Right. And so educational institutions are known for not having uh, the kind of best, most current, most robust technology across its entire entity. Right. And so these now um, educational institutions became high targets. Right. So it was kind of low levels of readiness. I, I think about it like this. Right. So I'm the child of Greek immigrants. My parents are in their 80s. They don't use a computer. They, you know, have a flip phone just for emergency sake, 
right? And so if it wasn't for my profession, I would have been raised, I, I would have, I was raised, but, um, you know, my parents couldn't have taught me what I needed to know to be more cyber ready, to be more secure. And so when I talk to friends that are my age, you know, I'll ask them, you know, what are you talking to your kids about? They don't know either, right? And so unless they're picking something up here or there, and then I talk to my kids and they're not getting it in school, right? And so it's, it's kind of like the blind leading the blind, right? It's, it's, it's a situation that we put ourselves in where we're not teaching these kids, um, you know, in high school, in college, how to be more secure. And we're talking about a generation that was raised on electronic devices. And so when you just look at education alone, it makes sense to us here that kind of their cultural score is at the bottom because it really hasn't integrated into their industry yet. So I'm going to have to bring you back on here for another discussion. I have six kids. I mean, we've lived through, you know, everything that you're talking about. It's a crazy couple of years, uh, but but I don't want to, you know, kind of go off on a tangent now, but you're spot on uh, in your observation. So you mentioned something a few minutes ago that I know CISOs who are watching picked up on and they're going to be asking, wait, did you say that? none of these industries are good. So that means none of them are excellent. So no one's in the good, no one's in the excellent category. Are there actually any companies out there, I hope, that uh, have made it into the good category? Most definitely, right? But when we look at the industries as a whole, um, no, we don't see any industry at a good level. You know, culture takes a while to change, right? You just don't snap your fingers and all of a sudden you have a more secure culture, right? So you have to apply the dimensions that we talked about. You have to make sure that you're training and you're testing and you're communicating and you're ensuring that your you know, employees understand their roles and responsibilities. That takes some time. So you can't flip a switch and hope and pray that that's going to happen because it's not. You have to be very participative and active in driving this across your organization. And where we're seeing successes in individual companies, it's where kind of that executive team is role modeling and taking the reins um, and really engaging the employee base um, in all of this discussion so that they understand what's expected. And not only that they understand what's expected, but they're teaching them what they need to know. So the report touches on uh, the boardroom, and I, and I was glad to see that. I want to ask you about that. Uh, we've absolutely seen cybersecurity rise to the board, to the you know, C-suite. But I think a lot of those discussions, a lot of the concerns at that level have to do with ransomware attacks, cyber attacks in general. Are we prepared? Do we have cyber insurance? But I don't know that they actually understand the concept of culture. And that's you know, part of the boardroom discussion. Is it? Should it be? Yeah. I mean, 100%, right? And so it's it's simple, right? And it starts at the top, right? And so if you want to have a more security aware culture and you want to have employees that are more responsible and behaving in a manner in a manner that will make the company more secure, um, you have to invest in it, right? And so you have to invest in the right kind of training and development um, and, you know, model it after human behaviors that effectively can help solve the problem, right? And, and provide you with an outcome that's promising and desirable. And in order to do that, it starts at the top, right? And I remember when I was at Gartner, I did some research on kind of the, that executive level. And oftentimes um, there's an assumption made that they know what they need to know, 
because the movement from one company to another is more frequent. And there's an assumption as they move companies that they got what they needed in security at the previous company, right? And so everybody in the organization from the top to the bottom needs to be involved in this, but it really needs to be um, driven from the top down and also investment made, right? So if you're not investing in the knowledge, you're not going to have the outcome that you want. We also published this great report um, of which I'm one of the lead authors on it. It's the Fishing Industry Benchmark Report, where we look at each of the 19 industries, which are outlined here, same industries as in this report. And we talk about what your fish prone percentage is per employee, right? So what is the probability that one of your employees is going to click on something that could make your company vulnerable if they don't have any training? if they've been trained for 90 days, and then if they've been trained for a full year. And, you know, we have proof year over year that this kind of an investment not only helps raise the knowledge level, but also starts to, you know, create that more secure culture. So before we let you go, Joanna, let's make sure that uh, the CISOs and security leaders who are watching us are able to go out and find these reports and download them. Uh, both of the reports, uh, because I find that uh, the second report very interesting as well. So where can people find the security culture report? You just have to go on to knowbefore.com and type in a security culture report um, or fishing industry benchmark report. Uh, they're both out there um, and, you know, you can have them for free. Great reads. Um, you know, we also look at in the fishing industry benchmark report, we also look at um, the global landscape as well. So it's, you know, it's not just kind of North America centric. So yeah, great reports. And I, I highly recommend them to um, all of your viewers. Well, Joanna, thank you so much for coming on with us. And I hope you'll be back in 2023. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. I'm Steve Morgan, founder of Cybersecurity Ventures and editor-in-chief at Cybercrime Magazine. Joining us today was Joanna Heisman, SVP Strategic Insights and Research at Before the world's first and largest new school security awareness training and simulated phishing platform that helps you manage the ongoing problem of social engineering. To learn more about our sponsor, Before, visit knowbefore.com. You can keep up with all of our media at cybercrimemagazine.com. 